Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So like many of my guests, I get really, really passionate and excited to try and support them. And I suppose that's the beautiful thing about this show, because it's real people doing real things, just like me and you, and really trying to make a difference. And today's guest is no different. Today's guest goes by the name of Koss, and I do apologize in advance, but I can't pronounce their surname. But you're gonna get all of that in the show notes. But what's important about this individual is what they've been through in their life, and I suppose even more important than that is how they've tackled their adversity, they've tackled their mental health, their depression, their feelings of suicide, and really come out on the other side, and now what they're doing is making an impact to help other people. And that's just my kind of person. (laughs) And I'm sure it's probably your kind of person too. So I think it's important that rather than you listen to me, who yes, once again, I have a cold. I think that's gonna be a theme of this show. Let's jump straight into this interview. Okay, so firstly, I just wanna thank Cos for coming onto the show today and for all you listeners who are here supporting our movement. So my friend, how are you doing today? Good morning, I'm good. Um, Not up as early as you, but I'm up. (laughs) Fantastic. Glad to hear you well. We've had a bit of technical issues and it is slightly earlier than normal, so uh, excuse our voices. Cool. So you've heard the introduction. I've explained Kaz's story, but what I want to know, well, I think what the listeners want to know is more about yourself from you. And I think it's important that they can get to understand your story, your journey, and how you basically progressed through life and ended up where you are today. So if you wouldn't mind, my friend, if you could just give us a rundown, basically, of the life of Kaz. The life of course. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it's best probably to start where I am now um, and then kind of go through how I got here. Mm-hmm. So I'm a qualified chartered accountant. Uh, sounds riveting, I know. It's as exciting as it sounds. Um, <laughs> I was recently qualified in December. Um, and I've in the new year, I've gone part-time to kind of try and pursue my own endeavours in life. So starting from the beginning... I won't start from when I was born because I'm quite old now, or in my own eyes, I'm old. But I've, I don't like to use the word suffer, but I've had anxiety my whole life. Um, now, I've been listening to your, your shows, Aaron. They've been amazing, by the way. I appreciate that. Thank you. Just listening to your different guests, um, you know, struggles they've had to go through and obstacles they've faced. For me, I've, also, I've always felt it difficult to kind of ask for help mm-hmm. because I've had I've had such a good life in terms of upbringing, um, the situation I'm in. I've had amazing parents. Um, I've never had to ask for anything. Not that I was spoiled in any sense, but I was given everything I needed, clothes, water, the essentials and that. Um, But from an early age, I just felt I was different. Um, Kind of like I had these voices in my head. I used to think it was was God. It was someone else. I really didn't know what it was. Um, And I kind of just went through life with it. at school, I never really felt like I fitted in, whereas on the outside, it probably, it probably seemed like I was that guy good at his work, um, got along with people, but I kind of 
because of my anxieties, I threw myself into my work. So I put everything into studying, into being the best I can in that sense. So I just didn't feel comfortable socialising. I didn't feel comfortable with myself. And then, so I sat my GCSEs, etc. I left for sixth form. Um, I changed sixth form then. And that's when I started to spiral a bit. Looking back now, it's funny because I can see all my catalysts. I can see why I felt mm. the way I did. Mm. Whereas at the time, I just I had no idea what was going on. I was just in my own mind. Mm-hmm. So for me, what gets me a lot is change um, and uncertainty and new things, and especially socialising in, in new um, environments. So change into a new sixth form with people I didn't know, uh, new, new subjects just threw me off completely. And it, it might sound stupid to some people because it's, it's such a simple thing. Um, but for me, the biggest thing anyone can handle is their own mind. And that's something I've always struggled with. Yes, I might not have had big turmoil in my life like a, a lot of people have, but a lot of people live in, with their own minds and try and battle that every day. And people need to appreciate that. It is hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, went to, I went to sixth form, picking up from then. Um, first year was extremely hard for me. I was probably on the depths of depression, whereas back then I didn't even know what depression was, so I didn't really see it as that. Mm. I just felt it was me. So my family helped me through a lot. I got through A-levels. My second year of A-level was great because I was more comfortable in my environment. Um, and then applied for university, um, got good grades and got into UCL to study economics. Um, and I think at UCL was the first time I really started to understand what depression was and started to go through it. So I was still living at home, traveling to London every day. Um, just didn't feel like I fit in there. Always comparing myself to others that I wasn't good enough to be there. And then I started getting suicidal thoughts. So I'd stand on train tracks and my mind would be telling me to jump. Um, and yeah, I, in my mind, I'm just shouting at myself because I've never had those thoughts before. Mm. And I've, in the past, I've never, when I've heard people who have committed suicide or taken their own life, I've never understood it. But in that moment, and now I've been through it, that's the only place you seek comfort is by not being here, not being with your mind. Wow. Is that, is that kind of a thing that you've, you've convinced yourself that it would just be better off? Yeah, 100%. It's like you, you explore different options. So when I start to feel anxious or when, when I'm in an extremely depressed state, I start to look, look at the fact that the grass is green on the other side. So I was at UCL and I was saying to my mum, I'm going to quit. I'm just going to get a job. I'm going to apply to a different union. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I always try and almost run away because then all that anxiety, all that, all that hurt will be gone and it'll be placed into something new. Mm. Um, so that's the first time I started seeing a counsellor a bit at UCL. Um, and while I was at UCL, I applied to another university, again, seeing that the grass was green on the other side. I just wanted to get out of it. So I started studying for my exam at UCL. It's about April time. And then I got confirmation that I was given another place at Royal Holloway University up in Surrey. Okay. And I thought to myself, you know what? It's not worth the toy- turmoil I'm going through. I'd, I'd literally write, revise for all my exams. I've, like, the week later, I was going to sit them, but I decided that's it. I'm not sitting them because I just want this, this kind of cloud to be over. So I quit or I gave up UCL. And mm. straight away, I just felt like a cloud had been lifted. I felt so good. And I was like, you know what? This is what I need. Like my next university is going to be amazing. I'm going to be fine. Um, so yeah, that summer was great. Um, and then September moved up to Royal Holloway to start my new course. And again, the same thing started comparing myself to others, new situation, 
a lot of social anxiety. I didn't go out a lot in my first year. Um, like I'd hear people in the kitchen drinking and stuff, and I'd just be in my room just with my own thoughts. Wow. Um, and I'm glad today I have amazing friends and an amazing flatmate that I'm still in touch with. Um, that's friends with your good mate as well, mm-hmm. uh, Fizza. So she helped me through a lot, even if she doesn't know it. Um, but again, in my first year of uni, I was thinking, I need to apply to another uni. It's going to be better on the other side. I need to change my courses. I need to do this. I need to apply for a job. Um, and luckily, you know, I was convinced to stay. I passed my first year, went on to second year. And that is the biggest term of my, my life is second year. Um, I just spiraled out of control, just in myself, um, in my own thoughts, just not being able to talk up or be in social situations with people. Um, I just stay in my room. My mum my and my sister would always come and visit me to make sure I was okay, because they were extremely worried about me. Of course. Uh, like, I used to lock myself in my room and, and research how to end my life, because that's the only way I could see an end to it. And I, I knew how wrong that, that was. And the, the only thing that stopped me from ever doing it then was, yes, my family, like what it would do to them, like I'm, I'm actually getting emotional saying this. Sorry, man. Please take your time. But yeah, the, the most, it's, it, it's extremely silly, but the thing that stopped me was I, I wouldn't end my life right and my parents would have to look after me in like a mm-hmm. in sort of state where I was incapable of looking after myself. Um, yeah, sorry, man. No, no. Um, I, I can only imagine what, what you're going through because my, my level of anxiety is nothing compared to your level of, of depression and we spoke briefly before we had this interview um, that, you know, it took the best eight years of my mum's life away. And I think unless you live with somebody who's going through it or somebody, it's so difficult because from the surface, I mean, you look at your Instagram, you look at yeah. the way the way you conduct yourself, your poetry, which will go on later on in the interview. And it's just like, this guy can't have depression. You know, he's just a normal, yeah. he's, a, he's a normal lad. He's a normal geezer. Yeah. He's somebody you, you can relate to. But it's, it's amazing how some... It's not something so simple, but something like your mind can yeah. just completely just yeah. turn your world upside down. And it's one of my favorite quotes ever. And I probably say it to myself at least six or seven times a week, not because yeah. I do it, but because it just helps put things into perspective. And it's comparison is a thief of joy. You said that you had anxiety from a very young age. And I mean, I'm 32 now and, I, and I'm kind of peeling back the onion layers of, using an analogy of when I started getting anxiety. And I think yeah. having reflected and looking back at myself, I'm able to find certain moments in my life. Like when I was six or seven, I was like, oh shit, I was actually quite anxious then. And then maybe that's where it kind of snowballed. Have you been able to, in your current situation now, be able to look back and find these key triggers or have you always just known yourself to be anxious no a hundred percent if i knew what i what i knew now about myself mm. i could have controlled a lot of what happened to me and not let it happen could you elaborate on that just for like the listeners so my anxieties my catalysts are change like new situations whether that's a new job new university a new subject i'm studying um uncertainty so i'm a perfectionist now as i said before i used to put myself into my work mm-hmm. and just try and excel at that so if I'm not the best at something, I start to get anxious. It might sound stupid, but that's, that's just the way I am. It's not stupid. So you've always had this anxiety. Yep. And now knowing what you know now, you've said you can obviously look back and think, I could I could have changed stuff. What what kind of things? Like, I mean, I'm thinking practical things here for somebody who's maybe a little bit younger than ourselves, who's 
going through this moment and they're just constantly anxious of change like yourself and being in these kind of environments what would you kind of say to them number one number one thing that has, that has helped me the most above anything is talking about it mm. so talking about how you feel because i would often just keep everything bowled up inside me um whereas today i'm open as hell honestly i would are you allowed to swear on this podcast? Mate, you can do whatever you want. Thank fuck for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Some people might not like that, but you know what? Some, sometimes it's it's one of the only ways you can express it sometimes. Yeah. I've done it on one or two episodes myself, so not a problem, mate. So, I've, yeah, second year of university, extremely down. Um, I went and saw a doctor there who prescribed me antidepressants. And I've back then, I'd never taken a tablet in my life, not even a paracetamol. Um just nothing. I was just against putting foreign substances in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got prescribed antidepressants. I went and got them, but I did not take them. Um, and I came back home for Christmas. Um, and I was just so, so bad one day. My dad literally just got me in the car, drove me up to Surrey, um, went in my room, didn't say hello to any of my housemates, just went in my drawer, got antidepressants. We drove all the way back home to North London and I started taking them. Mm-hmm. Um and they help me massively. They're, they're, they're a tool for helping you. They're not a magic pill that's going to make everything go away because you, you have to put other things in your life that's going to help you get through. Um, but they definitely help just balance out the chemicals in your brain and the way you think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started taking them. I started seeing a the therapist as well. Um, and then I started going to the gym again. So I was injured at the time. I got really depressed. It might sound stupid. I had a thumb injury. <laughs> so, right. Okay. That's unique. Yeah. So I, I couldn't really lift weights. Um, so as soon as that healed in the new year, I started going to gym again. I started feeling good. Um, I stopped um, seeing my therapist, even though he advised me to carry on. Um, I finished my second year. Third year was great. Um, really enjoyed it. Went out the most I had. Uh, finished uni with a 2-1. Uh, 2% off of first, which again, I beat myself up again about. Don't beat yourself up. T- today, I don't, but at the time I was in tears, I literally beat myself up. Um, and then, yeah, applied for a job. Took me eight months to get a job. Um, I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I was planning for everything and anything. Hmm. Um, got a role in, into accountancy and then started here. And then things started spiraling down again. So an even, probably even deeper depression I had in my second year um extreme like suicidal thoughts i just didn't know what what i wanted to do with my life um especially working full-time and studying and studying for something you didn't you didn't really want like i didn't know Mm. if i wanted to be an accountant and i'm putting all this effort into it what am i what am i giving to other people what am i giving to the world by being an accountant Mm. that's just how i felt and i just didn't see me doing anything else so i i said to my mom i'm just going to quit and become a teacher i'm going to quit and do this and quit and do that and my mum, bless her, she, she's helped me a lot, but I know how frustrating it is. She understands fully. She understands fully, but I know how frustrating it is to try and help someone who doesn't seem to help themselves, and you can see the same things happening again in terms of you wanting to just change and get into a new situation. Um, so I stopped taking um, antidepressants when I was at uni as well after that six-month period. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was at work, I started them again, um, started seeing the therapist again. And a major thing that helped me get through, if I did not do this, I would not have qualified as a chartered accountant. I may not be alive today, I'm being honest with you. I told my, I told my firm about my depression. So I went and spoke to managers. I went and spoke to partners in the firm. Um, and they were so, so good about it, honestly. 
Oh, that's brilliant. Like, they helped me massively. They put things in place for me. Um, I felt I could go and talk to people about it more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was tough as hell. And I qualified about this December just gone. So I'm currently in the process of coming off my antidepressants. Fantastic. I'll be off them in about two weeks. I've definitely felt some side effects, but they're starting to wear off. Mm. And I'm feeling good about life now. And the most important thing about anything that I've been through, mm. I'm, I don't like to use the word happy I've been through it. I'm kind of, I'm glad for what it's taught me. Mm. Um, so six months ago, if I was doing this podcast with you, I know I was in tears a little bit before, but I would not be able to talk about this with, with anybody. Whereas now... I don't give a fuck. I put it on Instagram. I talk about trying to get people speaking about their feelings, um, especially especially as a man today in the society. There's so much many pressures on us that aren't talked about. One hundred percent, mate. It, it's an it's an ego, maybe it's a pride thing. I don't know what it is with guys. We we don't realize that vulnerability is actually a true strength. And I spoke about yeah. this previously. Again, I'd recommend if you can listen to Lewis Howes. I think he's got a book, uh, The Mask of Masculinity, and it's a fantastic book because I think. As guys, you're doing something there that is something that we don't do. Um, And I'm not stereotyping it, but how many of us really talk about stuff when we feel low? Because it's a bravado thing, isn't it? We can't show weakness. We can't show that we're feeling down or low. And I think the reason I was really interested in getting you on this show as well, because you've touched on something there. So we spoke about the social enterprise that I'm working on with my mum. We're going to give back to mental health and awareness. The first question I asked her was, what do you want? Like, if we raise awareness, is it money? Is it, like, materialistic things? What kind of yeah. things would make you guys feel better? And she says, somebody to talk to. Yeah. And that brings us to the whole thing that we spoke about prior to this episode is, I'm going to open up just centres. I'm going to hire them for the day, get people who are going through it, people who have overcome it, to just maybe talk about it. And I know that might sound like such a simple thing from the outside, but you've touched on it now as well. The world needs to speak. It's the simplest of things. Look, I, I say to everyone, I don't see anxiety as an illness. This, this is my this is my personal opinion. Yeah. Every, everyone has anxiety, but just different levels of a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Depression is the lowest of the low. That's that, that's an illness. That's something you you can you need to get yourself out of. But the difference between me and the guy sitting next to me, the only difference between us is I I I can talk about it now. I talk about it. That's the only difference. The guy sitting next to me has anxiety, hundred percent different maybe different levels different aspects in his life but he just doesn't talk about it that's the difference and by talking about it which you've been doing more openly now and some of it's through your poetry as well which is fantastic as well have you genuinely seen like a shift in like your overall moods and the the severity of your lows as well oh 100 percent. like Mm. if i have a low day now if if i had a low day in the past i'd i'd come home and i keep all to myself whereas i come home now um and thank god my sister is my rock honestly um i would not be honestly hands down i would not be alive without her today um she has she's not been through depression touch wood and thank god mm-hmm. um but even so as hard it, it was for her to help me she was just there to listen even if she didn't understand she was just there to listen and put small things in place to me for me um so yeah i remember this one time at university um, when I was when I was home for that Christmas, when I was really bad, I had an essay to write, and I told her I just can't do it. I'm gonna quit. Mm-hmm. But she literally sat down with me and made me write for five minutes at a time, and we'd go and have a break, then come back and write for five minutes. So that's amazing. Yeah, she's been amazing. And you're, and you're fortunate um, to to have that because there's so many people out there who may not necessarily have that kind of support network as well. 
Yeah. Because like you've touched on, it's an illness and yeah. it's because it's not physical, because it's not like your thumb, for example, or yeah. you know, somebody's leg broken or something. It's it's internal. And again, because people aren't speaking, what we're doing is we're masking everything with a, with a, with a smile or a Facebook post or Instagram post. But deep down, we rarely know what somebody's going through. Exactly. It's just scary. And I think, I think living with it is scary. So I can only imagine what you're going through. So again, I just want to say thank you for, for really sharing this story. No problem. I just want to say, um, thank God, I've not been in the press state for about two and a half years now. Yes, I live with anxiety, but I am not in the press state. Um, and I'm, I will fight my, my utmost not to go back there and help anyone else to come out. Absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not in a position to give you any advice having not been through what you've been through. But yeah. there's, there's a simple quote and we use it for our, for our business that me and mum are going to start. It's okay yeah. not to be okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know it sounds simple, but it's so important that we understand that. Because myself, I mean, I'm, I don't suffer with depression. But I will wake up on a, on a Monday or a Tuesday. It could be any day of the week. And I will be in an absolute funk. And I'm like, why do I feel like shit? Like, nothing's gone wrong. Like, my, you know, my health is there. My wife's happy. My mom's fine. There's nothing actually happening that day. I've slept well. Yeah. But then, you know, when you just you just feel really low and you've got, like, no motivation and stuff. And I used to beat myself up about that because I used to think, I've got so much stuff to do. I need to change the world. I need to do this. And I used to beat yeah. myself up. Now it's kind of like, I literally say that quote to myself, it's okay not to be okay. And all I'll do is on that particular day, I'll do stuff like, I'll go to the gym. I'll try and keep my nutrition as well as possible because obviously that helps your mind and everything. Yeah. I'll try and speak with my wife or my brother or my mom in the day just to kind of cheer me up. And it, I, I might still be in a bit of a funk till the end of the day, but the next day it all washes over rather yeah. than me dwelling on it and then hating myself like throughout the week if that kind of makes sense so it's fantastic that it's been like two and a half years now for yourself coming off it but if you ever do find yourself perhaps going a bit lower just know that listen mate you've come out of it so many times kicking and fighting and you're doing great that it will be okay and you'll be all right the next day i appreciate it a lot and and touching on what you said i've learned that as well so on days on on some days you will fall low and you you won't know why but you just have to take some time out for yourself and on those days, even today, I may wake up and I might feel a bit low. I know I know deep down there is something causing that. Maybe not the day before, maybe not on that day, but a week mm, prior, mm. Something, something I didn't tackle, whether it was on my to-do list, which is still bugging me. Yeah. Or someone I didn't talk to or someone I said something to, which is bugging me, bugging me now and why I feel low. So I personally, I think there's always a root cause somewhere. It's not always easy to find. Mm. But That's interesting. All- there's always something that's that's led you to feel that way. I think you're right there. Um, somebody else mentioned this, actually. I think it was on episode three. And yeah. it's about finding that, that deep meaning. And I think because we're so... Most of us wake up and the world, whatever is on our phone or our emails or yeah. our job, it will, it will dictate our day. We very rarely get time to sit back and actually reflect upon our life, our circumstances and our situations. And I think if we could do that, probably have less of those days because it is probably yeah. a cumulative effect of things propping up and then you've got this level of like, I don't know, burden or anxiety or something that will kind of just hit you on one day. And you're sitting there thinking, what's going on here? But it's actually, like you said, possibly something that's, that's happened a few days ago. That's powerful. So um, the funny thing is, it's like, there's no like magic secret, is there, out there? No. I mean, if, the, if there was, then the world wouldn't struggle. A bit like fitness. Yeah. If we had the magic pill, nobody would be obese. And it's kind of yeah. finding, I suppose, you touched on it earlier as well, is you've got this toolkit now. 
yes, the, the antidepressant tablets help you control the chemical imbalance that's going on, but you've also got a toolkit of stuff that you've probably had through your therapist that you're yeah, having, yeah, um, who probably gives you different tools that you can literally bring out as and when you need them. Because that's kind of how my mom explains it as well. A hundred percent. Like I kind of reinvent the tools they gave me to work for me. So something that I do massively when I feel extremely anxious, I don't know if you've seen on my Instagram or that, but I split a page in two. Yeah. And on one, on one side, I write my negative feelings and emotions. And on the other side, I write a healthy point of view. And it just helps me conceptualize how I'm feeling. It kind of brings it out of my brain onto paper and kind of, I can actually write down a different way of, of viewing it. Mm. Yeah. Your, your Instagram is brilliant. Um, and you, you're going to get the oddest friend request, by the way, because I've asked my mom to follow your Instagram. Because, <laughs> because, because some of your stuff is like, I, can, I get some of it. Like I get like 80% of it, 70% of yeah. it because I've lived with my mom and my mom was like my best, well, she is my best friend. And, yeah. and I've seen what it's done, like taken away from her life. So it's kind of, I know that if she can read your messages and listen to your poetry, and li- I mean, you're not on IGTV, so your stories, your Instagram yeah. stories, it will help and it resonate with her. So yeah, uh, I'm obviously going to put all the links for the listeners as well to yeah. all your social medias at the end of it because I think it's really important that you're seeing someone who's, yeah, you, you're not fully 100% over it at the minute, but you're dealing with it and you're dealing with it in the best way and each time you're getting better, better equipped and exactly. hopefully somebody who's probably earlier down the journey, they can benefit from yourself and this is the whole point of this podcast is that they can learn from your your experience, I suppose, and hopefully change their life for the better sooner. Exactly. That's that's the thing. Like, I am not, I'm not perfect. I'm not through the storm. You never mm. will be because life just throws shit at you all the time. Of course. Um, but the only thing I can do is just try and help people through how I'm trying to help myself. Mm. And you are. So, yeah, and just try and be as real as I can on Instagram. You know, let people know I'm having shit days. Because uh, Instagram is a, is a fake world, really. <laughs> it is, mate. It's a highlight reel. It um, is. <laughs> which is why I appreciate like your content. So uh, keep that going, buddy. I'm going to switch the pace a little bit now. So um, I know some of the stuff that you do on a daily basis, but I think it's important for the listeners who have heard about your story to understand what your daily routine is like. So yeah. I'm a big, big believer that we are the results of the thoughts we tell ourselves and our yeah. daily habits. Um, so what's your daily routine like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep? Wow. Well, every day is different and... I'm not going to, I can't lie to you. Mm. I don't have a daily routine. I'm still trying to work that out for myself um, in terms of, I know what, what would work well for me, but I haven't, I haven't put it in place. Um, so I, I've listened to one of your podcasts, one of your early ones about the guy who used the Miracle Morning. That's right. Yeah, Jin, very good friend of yeah. mine. Uh, that was a great podcast, by the way. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I read the Miracle Morning, I think it was last year. Um, and I started putting a lot of things into practice in the morning and I felt great um but then exams came around again for my accountancy and I just fell off it um but I have certain things I do during the week rather than a daily routine a daily routine is something I'm working on in 2019 okay I need to incorporate meditation I need to incorporate leaving my phone out of my room at the beginning and the end of the day because that just adds to your anxiety mm-hmm. um so things that I do on a weekly basis to try and help me and relieve my stress is number one you probably see a lot on instagram i love my costa coffee <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love going there by myself taking a book reading um maybe writing some poetry just sitting there watching the world and just being comfortable with, with my own thoughts um i love my alone time now um another 
big thing daily is gym, obviously. Um, so I usually do that after work. Um, and it literally just puts me in a, a different state of mind. It's almost like meditation. Absolutely. Almost it's like meditation. Um, you're just there with your own thoughts, music in or not, and you're just concentrating on pushing the weight up. You're not thinking about your past decisions you've made. You're not thinking about the future. You're just in that moment there and then. So that helps me massively. Um, another daily routine, meal prep, obviously, every morning. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still learning about routines and I will have it together soon. But like you've touched on there, even myself, my routine changes from like year to year because you're, always, yeah. you're almost tweaking it. So I've done the whole waking up at 4 a.m. and then working my ass off basically. But then what would happen is at two o'clock in the afternoon, I'd crash and I'd sleep for like an hour yeah. and a half because I'm absolutely knackered. <laughs> so then I was like, this is pointless. Um, so then I've mixed it up and now it's like, I'll wake up at six or seven. It depends on basically my day. So if I've yeah. got an early podcast or if i've got like an investor meeting or something like that then i'll tweak it but generally speaking i don't really care what time i wake up because i yeah. believe it's what you do in the day but you've yeah. got some great habits in there like like the gym the meal prep i mean that, that you're feeding your body you're feeding your mind there so it's about utilizing your time and taking chunks out of the day where you can really be productive in terms of whatever your end goal is and a, a great book that i've read that is gonna help me put that um my daily routine to practice is called uh, the rhythm of the rhythm of life by Matthew Kelly. The rhythm of life. Okay. So I know you fo- you follow my mindful fitness page. Yeah, yeah, I do. I've recently just started following that. Yeah. That's that's in the making, and my idea for mindful fitness is stemming off that book, really. So what it talks about in that book is you have essential needs in life to survive. Mm-hmm. So you have you have oxygen, you have air, you have you have water. You need those things, or or you'll die. Mm. Um, but what people often neglect is their leg- legitimate needs. Um, and there's four of these and we, we neglect them because we're too busy day to day. We're just so fast paced in our lives. And th- those four needs are physical needs. So nutrition and exercise, emotional needs, which is relationships with people, whether that's going to get coffee with a friend, talking with someone you haven't talked to in a long time. Uh, then you have your spiritual needs, a bit harder to define. Um, but for me, it's just being being comfortable with yourself, spending some alone time with, through meditation, going for a walk in nature. Um, and the fourth one is intellectual needs, which is knowledge and learning new things. And we often neglect a lot of those. And what I'm trying to do is encompass those in my life and try and help people encompass those in theirs. Because when one of those things are off, that's when your anxiety will spike a lot. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's powerful. I'm going to um, I'm going to attach that book, actually. The Rhythm of Life by Matthew Kelly, you said. Yeah, yes, brilliant okay. book. Um, I'll add that to obviously your you've got two Instagram pages as well which we'll yeah. put at the bottom so I'll have a look at that I appreciate that buddy thank you look into that fantastic okay so the next question is about adversity and what I want you to do is if you could go back in time and think of a time that you faced great adversity but you persevered through it so just one particular time and I want you to explain how you one obviously the adversity two how you got through it and three what are the lessons that he taught you at the end of it oh Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> Get your thinking cup on. <laughs> I'm getting my thinking. Do you know? Do you know? What I said to you before this podcast, you sent me the questions and that, and I was yeah. gonna have a little read about them. You haven't read them, have you? No. What happened? <laughs> I was gonna sit down last night. Yeah. I upgraded my iPhone on Saturday, and it deleted all our WhatsApp conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sat down last night at ten o'clock, and I was like, "Shit, I can't message him now. <laughs> Just suck it up and do it." Which is why I think this this episode so far is, is so intriguing, fascinating, because yeah. everything you're saying is, is you know, it's not. You haven't scripted it out. It's literally just you speaking from the heart. So I always find that more authentic. The reason I do give 
the questions that before is just because some people suffer with anxiety <laughs> a little yeah. bit like yourself. Oh, no. that's, that's exactly <laughs> how I think it's fantastic. <laughs> okay. Well, you're here anyway. Um, the question has been asked. Just have a, have a few moments again. Any dead time and stuff, I can always edit it out. So um, I probably can't think of like a particular situation or moment because there's just been so many in my life <laughs> that I've had to come out of. Um, well, probably my latest one is just qualifying as a child accountant. Um, loads of adversity faced there, whether it was at work, just not seeing myself as good enough um, in terms of the work that I'm producing, the knowledge that I have, um, just comparing myself to others that are within my firm sort of thing. Um, and yeah, having to go back on antidepressants was a, a, a big low for me. It helped me massively. And I, if anyone is taking antidepressants, there's absolutely nothing against them. I was on um, about 20 milligrams of citalopram. If any of your listeners know, just I'll give them the information. Um, so I've been on that for about three years since I started my job as an accountant. Um, and slowly, slowly, I was prescribed 10 just before Christmas. So 10 milligrams taking one every day for two weeks. And then I take one every other day for two weeks. And now I'm in the process of just taking two tablets a week for the next two weeks. And I'll be off them. Um, and yeah, side effects for anyone going out there, there are massive side effects. So I did feel a lot more rumination come into play. So just overthinking stuff, um, very, a lot more emotional, um, very snappy at people close to me that I love my family. So I apologize to them on here. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure they um, understand. Yeah. And very, very tired and lethargic. But now, honestly, I, I feel amazing. Honestly, I really do feel good. Brilliant, mate. Okay, so the next question, it's, we're going to get into happier stuff, I assure you, so don't yep. so worry. But, but the next question is, what is your biggest fear? My biggest fear is probably going back into a depressed state massively. That's my biggest fear. And the fear of that, I think, helps me keep, keep out of it. And is that through your daily discipline, like the stuff that you're doing, the stuff you're, you're saying to yourself? A hundred percent, like things I say to myself, um, just be more open and talking now and actually feeling like I have something I want to pursue. Like I honestly believe I've been through what I've been through for a reason, as everyone will probably say, but I'm, I'm on this earth, not, not to be an accountant. Like I love my job and I love the people I work with. Um, but my true calling is just to help people help themselves just through me talking about experiences and everyone can do that. And you will do. You're, you're helping me and I've gone through it myself. Even just some of the stuff you're saying now, it's making so much more sense. But we are a result of the things we tell ourselves. Yeah. And just on that point, I think that's really important. It's something I'm trying to get my mom and anyone I know going through that similar situation to do as well. Because a very, very quick example, a little bit about myself is yeah. suffering with anxiety and being shy. I've always basically walked looking at the floor, kind of like with a hunchback if you can yeah. kind of imagine that. So my hand's in my pocket and I'm never really making eye contact with anyone and I'm just kind of walking. And I yeah. remember recently, I think it was about two weeks ago, um, we went for some food and I seen one of my friends I hadn't seen for about six months and he goes, have you gone taller? And I was like, <laughs> what? Like puberty went a long time ago, mate. Um, and he was like, no, you, you've gone like taller. And I was like, well, I've always been this tall. So I'm like, I'm just six foot. I hit six foot. And um, I was kind of like just the same height as him. And he yeah. was kind of shocked. And what I realized was, so I've been doing like affirmations and telling myself stories every single morning. It's part of my morning ritual. Yeah. And one of the things is I am confident. I am no longer shy. I am, and I would say all these empowering words to myself. 
yeah. without realizing and without even thinking about it, my physical body had changed, which I just yeah. find fascinating that somebody who I've known for like the best part of 16 years had come up to me and said, mate, you've just grown a few inches, but it's yeah. because my demeanor's changed. Now my chest is proud. And that, there's not a level of arrogance or anything in that. It's just, I'm just confident now in myself and I'm not this shy, anxious person who's scared of the world or what people will say about me. I'm comfortable in my own skin. A hundred percent. And the other thing about you is you're going to the gym and you're getting bigger. So that's probably why. It's <laughs> trying, yeah. I mean, you, you see my food snaps. So I do try and eat uh, a lot. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. So we spoke about your fear. What is your motivation then? What keeps you going even on the days when you're in a funk, for example? What keeps yeah. you going? What keeps me going is knowing I'm here for a bigger reason than myself. Mm. Mm. Deep down. Um, whether that's helping my family around me, helping friends, helping people I don't even know um, that reach out to me and I try and help them as much as I can. But just belief that I found something I truly believe in. And anyone out there, like, I know how hard it is to not know your purpose in life. Like, be, being a job or be applying for a job, being at uni and not knowing what the, what the fuck you want to do with your life. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter how old you get. I believe one day it will just spark. Like, if you asked me a year ago what I want to do, I'd have no idea. Um, whereas things have just started sparking and, you know, falling into place and that will happen for you. It's just about whether you're you're willing to take the risk to go and pursue those dreams. That's all it is. I love that. I, that is so true. And I think I always urge people now, so even like my younger brother, I urge people to just try new things and do yeah. different things because... 12 months ago, mate, being a podcast host was probably the last thing I'd ever want to do other than yeah. jumping out of a plane. I mean, and I'm, at, I'm actually debating whether I'm going to do that in the next year or so. Jumping out of the plane safely, should we say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, not trying anything crazy, obviously with, with all this uh, right people around. But yeah. it's weird how, how your passion just develops. My actual passion now is, like you said, it's making that true impact. It's making that difference in life. So yeah. The beautiful thing with that is it's forcing me to come out of my comfort zone, hence doing a podcast, hence putting myself out there on social media and yeah. doing this podcast, opening that business with my mom. It's it's crazy to think that I would have been doing this because I, I just didn't think I would. So I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. People should just go out there, take that risk, trust that it will fall into place because I truly believe it will. But at the same time, everyone's journey is different so just because it's falling right. in place for somebody at 30 doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same for you it could be at 22 or it could be at 50 but don't don't compare basically is what i'm trying to say exactly because i've people might look at me and say oh he's a qualified accountant he's sorted for life now i've just i've chosen to go part-time cut my salary you know money doesn't money you need it unfortunately you need money but i'm focused on my happiness right now and i'm going part-time to to actually go for what i truly want to do Okay, fantastic. So there you've heard the buzzer and we are now in the fun part of the show. So this is a quick fire 60 seconds where I'm going to be asking Koss all sorts of wonderful and weird questions. And the beautiful thing is he hasn't read the show notes, so he's got no idea what I'm going to ask him. And they're not the same questions as always. I do like to mix it up a little bit. Fantastic. So, are you ready, buddy? I'm ready. Okay, we're going to start in three, two, one. Okay, the ability to fly or be invisible? Uh, fly. Money or fame? Fame. Singing or dancing? Singing. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Marvel or DC? I don't watch either. Okay, Batman or Superman? Uh, Superman. Favourite TV show ever? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Sopranos. Would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? Uh, when I would die. Love or money? Love. Books or movies? 
Books. If you could sit with one person in the world for an hour, who would it be? My sister. Your worst fear growing up? Getting older. What is your biggest addiction? Uh, Instagram. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Depression. Your favourite song ever? I can't pick. J. Cole and Drake, any songs. French or Spanish? Spanish. Pizza or steak? Steak. Comedy or horror? Comedy. And the last one, which is completely random, witches or wizards? <laughs> uh, witches. The funny thing is I wrote these like a long time ago, so I'm, I'm looking at it myself thinking, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, I love the answer about your sister as well. I think, um, I think she's going to love to hear this back. Um, I'm sure you tell her anyway on a daily basis. Yeah. But if you're anything like me, sometimes I shy away from telling the people I love the most that I care for them so much. And it's probably something that I should do as well. But So we're on to the one but last question. And yeah. this one's always about reflection. Um, because I always believe hindsight is a wonderful thing. And upon reflection, we can always think of ways to get to where we are quicker, easier or with less heartache. And we wouldn't be the people we are today if it wasn't for the process that we've been through. So what I want to know is if you could go back in time to that one moment where you really struggled and suffered with adversity and you could just whisper something in your ear, knowing exactly what you know now, what would you say to, say to yourself? Oof. Um, I'd probably tell myself to tell people how you feel. Because, um, yeah, it's extremely hard. Even like looking back and even the youth of today, it's hard to express how you feel. Um, whether that's because you're going to be mocked on social media, your friends won't understand because of different maturity levels. But yeah, just be just just talking about how you feel. Just talk about it. I love that. And I want to get you to do, if you don't mind, one of your poems now. I think because you've been through it, you can you can hear the passion in your voice as well. Um, are you just before you start this? Are you thinking about doing books or eBooks or anything on that uh, basis? I want to release a book, a poetry book, um, and I also I'm in the process of trying to gather to do like spoken word events. Okay. Um, so I want to go and perform poetry. Um, and yeah, it's funny how I only started writing. I used to write poetry a lot for Mother's Day cards. Um, mm -hmm. For my mum, she's probably got loads of poems, oh, uh, which is quite handy because every time my sister would ask me what we should get my mum, I'd just be like, I'll just write a poem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always handy, but. Last year I went to Cyprus and my granddad was writing poetry in Greek. Oh, wow. Um, just about turmoil he's been through in his life and stuff. Um, and I went over to Cyprus by myself, actually, just to stay with my grandparents for a couple of weeks. Um, and I thought, you know what, I, maybe I should try writing down stuff as well. So this, the one I'm going to read is the first one I wrote in Cyprus. Um, some, of, some of them, when I write them, I can kind of, I don't feel this way anymore, but I can kind of go back to how I felt and write the emotions down, which is yeah, yeah, which is quite good for me. Um, so yeah, the one I'm going to read is the first one I ever wrote when I started writing properly, um, and it's called Him. Him, love it. Let's go. All right. To him, it's just a game playing with my mind, an easy target for him. He always seems to find. He always seems to be there to put me in my place. Lurking and scheming like a puff of smoke all up in my face. At night, I close my eyes, praying that he'll go. But in the morning, he's still there. He always seems to show. He follows me constantly like a hovering dark cloud. I turn to look at, my, look at him in the face sometimes, and he smiles oh so proud. What does he want from me? What have I done? I question every day. My whole life he seems to have taken, and he's here to stay. But one day it seems to click, and I look all around. He has no physical presence. So how can he be so profound? 
That's when I realise I'm living in the past and future with my overthinking mind. An easy target for him, he'll never, ever find. Wow. Mate. That is powerful. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's about depression. Mate, that's a talent there. You know, you've got Thank you've got you. many talents. You work out well, you've got the accountancy going for you, you've got this poetry going for you. Yeah. And um if your aim is to like change change the world for the better and help people who have been through similar situations to yourself, you know, it's gonna be exciting. Hundred percent. And uh, and and meeting people like and we've never actually met in person, but connecting with, with people like you is is what it's all about as well. I appreciate that. And it's the reason I love doing this is because after after speaking with somebody, I almost feel like a new level of connection, if that makes yeah. sense. So it's like I I see you like as a friend now. I mean, I've probably spoken to you more in depth about personal stuff than I do with some of my friends. Yeah. And but genuinely, like my my hand is here. If you ever need it, if ever there's anything that I can help you with in the future, if ever there's times that you feel Thank low you. or anything, because it is about just helping each other up. Because there's going to be times where I might need that, for example. Yeah. And 100%, you know I'm here. Absolutely. Just hit me a message. Absolutely, I appreciate it. And you just keep doing what you're doing because I think you're going to you're gonna inspire so many people. And like I said, my mom's going to be following you. Uh, hopefully today, I did yeah. tell her yesterday. So, uh, All right, I'll, I'll look out for that. I'll, I'll hit her some likes on her pages. Yeah, she types quite funny. I was, I was laughing at her because she types with like the one finger thing and it doesn't always make <laughs> sense. But I just think it's important because I think any age, any demographics or whatever it is, your message is just true. Um, we are at the last question now, unfortunately. Yep. Um, and this is a, a question that I ask all of my guests. And it's, if in 150 years time, science is unable to save us and we are no longer about. And all that exists is a book. And this book is about the story of your life. It's a story that you've written moving on from now up until the day that you sadly pass away. What I want to know is, firstly, what does a blurb say? Um, about you i.e. a summary to make somebody really want to pick that up and think actually i'm interested in this person and secondly what would you call the title of your book oh wow um i think my book would have to be a poetry book um rather than biography and the title of the book i think would be memoirs of an anxious mind um and the blurb, I don't think, would say too much at all. Um, it would just say, I don't even know. A poem, perhaps, that could kind of sum up your... Yeah, a poem that sums up, or just a man in his mind. Just an anxious mind, full stop. Just something plain and simple. And the poetry and the poems will speak for themselves about the situations, about the feelings and emotion. That's powerful. I think you also listened to um, episode one. I th you might have. Uh, I'm not putting yes. you on the spot here by Kev. And the beautiful thing with Kev is as well, because he's my boxing trainer. He's, he's a lovely chap, but he also does poetry as well. Yeah. And, and I just find it, I find it fascinating because I was like, Kev, you do poetry. And yeah. um, I listened to a couple of his as well. And we're in the process of kind of resurfacing him because he's got him in like normal books. And yeah. I was saying maybe you could self-publish it, get it out there, because I just feel like it really hits your heartstrings. So uh, it's powerful, buddy. It's been an absolute pleasure. I just want to thank you for your time again. And uh, apologies for the stuff in the morning. Obviously, it took us about 30 minutes to get Skype <laughs> going. But uh, at least you managed to find your voice. Um, yeah. That was a shameless plug there uh, <laughs> from, from the morning. But um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put links to all your social medias that I know but if there is anything else or 
anywhere else you want people to find you because I think it's important that people can follow your journey and people can learn from you learn from you you can maybe help them if you wouldn't mind where's the best place to find you the best place for me is probably my personal instagram page which is cmk lifestyle mm-hmm. um and then my other page which is up and running um and i want to start putting a lot more up there as my business expands is mindful fitness um spelt with double l um actually spelt incorrectly by accident but it actually actually works really well now and you know, there's actually a funny, you know, on Instagram, you can, only one person can have a name in the world. Yeah. For a name. So Mindful Fitness Double L was taken. So I originally had to call it Mindful.Fitness. Um, and I found the woman, she was in America, the person who had Mindful Fitness, um, the name. And I said to my friend, I'm going to message her and ask her if I can have her name. Like we can switch. And we was like, don't be silly. She's not going to do that. So I sent her a, a long message. I slid into her DMs, sent her a long message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I literally spilled out my heart out to her um, and asked if we could swap names. Um, and I got a message the next morning and she said she'd be happy to for $50. So I sent over $50 and I've, I've wow. got the name and she's got Mindful Dot Fitness. So. Fantastic. Yeah. See that? It's all, it's all about sliding into DMs, isn't it? That's <laughs> yeah. what the magic is. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I love that. Okay. Um, are you active on any anything else or should we just stick to Instagram for now? Uh, Instagram for now and then I'll be expanding. Pretty okay, soon. fantastic. And obviously, once people can follow follow you on there, you're quite yeah. active in terms of your story, so they can obviously follow your journey. I'll be following your journey, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking Thanks. to you. Um, this isn't going to be the last time we speak, but obviously offline, if I can help you in any way, uh, and vice versa, like like you're helping me, you're helping my mom uh, as of today, and you'll be helping many other people as well. So uh, I want to say thank you to you and to the listeners at home. Thanks for listening. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.